2: The following is a
4: presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
0: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. And this episode is one of our deep dives, our Bakta tank of talk. We are going to do something dangerous in the Bakta tank which is talk about lightsabers. We've been doing a series called The Magic of Lightsaber Fights. We have covered the original trilogy, and we are about to dive into the lightsaber fights of the prequels. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
3: I'm Cat Napsuk, and ready to discuss this uh, series of fights that for some are probably the fights of fights, and for others they're the new fights that came along later. But you know what? (laughs) They're all great, and we're here to talk about it.
0: That is the way memory works. The new fights that are 20 years plus (laughs) old. That's the way things go. Foo Fighters is still the new band that the Mm -hmm. person from Nirvana is in, in my addled mind. Anyway, we are very excited to get into this. We've been having a ton of fun uh, discussing this. But as always, we want to begin by letting you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash 4center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. I am started on this. Ken has started on this. We're both enjoying it, and we are going to talk all about it in the next couple weeks. If you want to get caught up, you can listen by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. Ken, do you have any thoughts that you want to share right now about Shadow of the Sith?
3: I, because I'm a little farther ahead of you, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself other than I'm having a fun A wonderful Star Wars journey (laughs) through the book. It's been a lot of fun. Excellent.
0: Excellent. I keep uh, referring to it and hearing other people refer to it is sometimes the actual title, which is Shadow of the Sith, singular, and then sometimes uh, Shadows of the Sith. uh, But I am excited to think that there might be an actual sequel. And much like the movies Alien and Aliens, the sequel will be Mm. Shadows of the Sith. Now there are two shadows.
3: I think that's a great idea. (laughs)
0: Excited. Excited to read more of that. But now we are going to get into the magic of lightsaber fights. This episode, we are discussing the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Hey, that Revenge of the Sith movie has a lot of lightsaber fights in it, so it will be its whole own episode. So the reason we're discussing lightsaber fights, of course, is that they are so core to Star Wars. They're one of the key images uh they are a key part of the thrill the pulpy adventure serial and also the core themes of Star Wars why are these characters fighting what is at stake uh how are they making their choices within the battles how are they revealing themselves as characters it can tell us so much about the philosophy of Star Wars and just look damn cool. So, like I said, we've discussed the original trilogy duels, and now we're going into the prequels. We're going right to Phantom Menace, Ken. Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Darth Maul and Laser Gates. Uh, Mm -hmm. I timed it when I rewatched not just the fight, uh, the lightsaber fight, but, you know, the 15 minutes of four interconnected fights, one of them being the lightsaber duel, Mm -hmm. and that lightsaber duel is broken up into six scenes in some ways Mm. (laughs) this might be the most massive lightsaber fight slash overall duel in star wars i haven't broken down Mm. every one but four different battles 15 minutes of screen time six scenes just on the lightsaber battle Uh, it's an epic one um what are Mm. your current feelings on this fight and have they changed over the years and i'll also throw in there is it impacted by the the length and the way it's cut
3: I uh, yeah I think it is it that definitely adds adds to this epic feel that that, that word epic's going to probably come up again and again when descri- describing this fight I uh, ha- happy to say Maybe even a little proud to say I've all, I've always liked this fight. <laughs> this I've always been in that like I don't know, but that fight, right? Like that's kind of for a lot of, for a lot of years just my view on the Phantom Menace, and as my love and appreciation, and quite frankly, just simply understanding of the Phantom Menace has grown my uh, love, appreciation, understanding of this fight has grown. Sometimes I feel like I started my relationship with this duel as Kenobi, but now I'm Qui Gon. <laughs> on to my knees, eyes closed, sensing the deeper purpose and trying to connect to bigger things. Uh, and on top of it, it, it yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of the thrills in it. Uh, it is one of the biggest ones, and it, I think people's love for it the 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 mall of it all, the duel of the fates, music of it all uh, this uh, this has always been one of those things that's been fun to celebrate in Star Wars. So, even though my understanding has grown, my love's always been
0: there. Yeah, so you you never had a hang up that the fighting style. Is so different from the original trilogy. Were you ever bothered by that?
3: I wouldn't describe it as bothered, but aware. And it was a talking point for me. And maybe at some point, I mean, someone, if they hate me enough, could probably dig up some podcast in 2011 and say, (laughs) I don't know, you said this. I I, I can't remember. But, you know, I mean, it it was just kind of you pointed at the screen and was like, that was different. But there was still that, like, yeah. But then you know, it's the, f- the fun moves and the the double blade and all that kind of stuff is there. And then I've I, that's other, another thing that's grown, where it's it's even less of a talking point for me, even watching it this morning, um, just because the whole Jedi at their peak, you know, mall training for years and the fight fight is just different. And it's also if it's era, I, I always um, do agree with the point that you know this this came out in a time where you know crouching tiger, hidden dragon, a lot of stuff, those mm. big fights and. Uh, matrix and uh, choreography and all those kind of things it was a little bit of a as abe simpson would say the style at the time and uh (laughs) i i do love that and i do love that now more than i did then but i've always again been relatively okay with it.
0: yeah no i think it really does reflect a time where the fights were imagined as is bigger and everything was kind of a a set piece right Mm -hmm. if at all possible um ah, i love these thoughts i i absolutely loved it then it was probably my favorite thing walking out of uh Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh I liked so much about the Phantom Menace uh, as we've discussed uh you know over the years but there was such a huge negative reaction and I wrestled with lots of things. I had all those kind of expectations that it would be more like the original trilogy and you know put off by some of the things uh that were uh frankly more silly, more fun, more more hopeful and now I love those things, but back in the day I loved this lightsaber fight so much that I was almost shell-shocked by it of like <laughs> mm. how could a movie whip me towards something that I want more than anything that I have dreamed of? This lightsaber fight and just usher me mm. up into these heights <laughs> yeah. of thrill. And then whip me back down to Jar Jar hitting his crotch. How can how could one <laughs> film do that to me in this space? Uh, that those were my feelings uh, back in the day. We'll, we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about how it's all intercut. Um, but I think for me at the time, it, it, I didn't have any. But why are they fighting so much better or faster? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. better. I guess is a value judgment. But why are they fighting so much uh, faster? And why are the lightsabers mm-hmm. almost being treated like they literally weigh less? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any of that baggage about the original trilogy this is what I dreamed of right mm. um, when you I, I had conversations with friends in the in the bar about like what's it going to be like to see all those Jedi's just Luke by himself just barely learning no one really did train him we didn't even see him in the movies actually learn how to duel he just knows so you figure he learned or that was mm. a the cut scenes from Empire Strikes Back <laughs> that you know you read in the comic book adaptation mm. stuff like that And this just fantasy of like, what's it going to be like when they're at their height? Uh, So for me, it was a dream fulfilled. The speed, the direction, Mm. and the storytelling. And it really was the storytelling, right? Um,
3: Yeah.
0: It was uh, the whole laser gate sequence, which we will talk about in in abundance, so I'm not going to belabor it now. But how much great sort of minimal storytelling no dialogue entirely visual telling us exactly who these characters are how they feel their motivations uh it was one of the things that i that i you know gushed about uh while other people were just deciding the movie was bad across the board i'd be like but 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 (laughs) (laughs) but the whole fight including that storytelling greatest thing ever Uh, i loved it then and i definitely love it now
3: Yeah no I I love this And in terms of uh, the style A little bit more yeah you know even talking with The the original trilogy stuff uh, with you Last couple episodes like I love a little bit More of what I I call a more quote realistic Raw style I don't even know what those words mean It's just a different style of fighting And I I just go for the original trilogy stuff A lot but um, that's changing. That's changing where it's just uh, it, the era, not just of the era of filmmaking, but the era of the story. Like, we keep talking about the, the Jedi at their height and, and the training. All that all that really tracks for me. And yeah, the story, can't wait to dive into it. You mentioned, you said, laser gates, but it sounded like you almost said laser gate, like it was a controversy. And it kind of <laughs> was in a way, because you could stop on the surface of it. What is that? Why? Well, I, you know, remember the big why doesn't Obi-Wan use the force run to get there? All those kind of things where a lot of the questions people had coming out of the theater that are wonderfully fun questions if you approach in that way but but bury the story that's that's uh, right there in front of you and i think that's a good thing to point out it's just the the visuals of what's going on are right there for all of us and that's again what's grown for me in terms of my appreciation understanding of the fight
0: yeah yeah absolutely um i think i've come to appreciate it even more looking at it through the the lens of, you know, the Jedi and the Sith philosophy, what what they're fighting for, um, Obi-Wan's errors in the fight and his victories, the tragedies that this fight uh, sets in motion, everything that's going on in the fight uh, has been enhanced by all the storytelling and all the uh, discussions mm-hmm. that we've had in the years since this came out. So it's only made me like it more. And for me, the actual storytelling that is happening in the changing lightsaber styles is really fun to rewatch those original trilogy duels and yeah, you say raw and, and real, but it it is it watching it again, it really does feel like uh Vader sets the tone. He fights mm-hmm. with power, right? In intimidation yes. and bashing his blade into yours. There's a little elegant feint here and there, but it's mostly just about bashing. Yeah. It's about power and domination. And Luke fights like his dad at first cuz he doesn't understand that that's maybe not the best way to fight and then mm. In Return of the Jedi, he kinda he's broken down to fighting like that in his fury. So for me, it's really interesting to see like the original trilogy duels are are for the most part about power and domination and mm. giving in to anger. And leezy lightsaber fights are about an art that mm where characters know forms <laughs> mm-hmm. and know that power is one way to fight, but also speed and, you know, right. trickery. <laughs> yeah. All these different things uh, are, are, you know, I think they're using more tactics in that storytelling comes across.
3: And, and, um, and I love, yeah, sorry. And it's you know, to labor it too long, but they, the power in the bash is a great title of like a, like a baseball book or something <laughs> uh, about a great uh, slugger and in, in lineup or something. But also one thing you point out, it's like, what's the one constant in the, original trilogy fights it's darth vader so him setting the tone for each one of the fights and just kind of the overall themes and and the purpose behind the action the power that you talk about i think that's a great point and it's something to um to to look at you know so if you don't like the ot fights i guess you can blame vader he's he's setting the the pace
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you 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 gotta fight vader his style right he brings Mm -hmm. he brings the fight and you gotta match him that's what obi-wan and luke do up to a point you know Yeah. yeah um but final big picture thought that I, I want to be sure to, to touch on is the whole massively interconnected, right? The the four mm-hmm. fights going on at once, the famous behind the scenes, uh, you know, screening of Phantom Menace, where even uh, George goes, "I, uh, I, I might have gone too far." <laughs> it's this clear escalation from Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi, right, where it's it's very similar in that we're cutting back and forth between all these fights, but there's even yeah. more, uh, and there's even more contrast in style, um, and at this point. I really love it because I've embraced all parts of Phantom Menace, including like the meaning of the Gungans, the importance of the comedy of Jar Jar. Much, much more investment in Padme and and Sabe's brave choices. All of these things are I'm invested in all of the battles more. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it just really fits the ideas of the Phantom Menace. Uh, It's so much about working together. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, the, the queen's uh, Padme's elaborate gambit, her plan uh, involves all of these pieces working together. So I like it more a lot more looking at that philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. And I also just like it a lot more of part of the reason that I've come to love the prequels is they are weird, expensive indie films that are exactly what George Lucas wants. And mm-hmm. you're not going to see this in in every other film where you cut from uh, one of the main characters being Brutally murdered by a scary demon looking guy, uh, mm. to a, a kid in a cockpit going yippee and a, a yeah. silly gungan hitting his crotch. Like that is some emotional whiplash, and that's part of what I like at this point.
3: I so, I so, so, what you're saying that I, I, you know, I made my English muffin, poured my coffee, and sat down to watch most of Phantom Menace again today and watch this. And there's a couple of those cuts. Where I think there might have been a point where you'd write a think piece article on uh, how dare he, uh, you know, George, cut, you know, from what you're talking about, the the mall to the yippee of it all. And I, something stood out. I just kind of like the the almost gas break, gas break, hunk. If I'm just making Simpsons references all day, today, <laughs> gas break, gas break, hunk. It, it kind of works for me in, in terms of uh, uh, the pacing now. Uh, and I don't know. And it never, you know, I love that George moment. I get it. I, get, I know what people might poke fun at it but i it's a fun moment just a creator going i don't know I, I took this risk and did it work or not we'll find out that's fine um but yeah i know there's something i i i it's not i don't need to be protective of this fight i think it's generally the whole sequences uh that all, all the sequences are, are pretty loved nowadays right the prequel, prequel generation moving mm-hmm. forward into the driver's seat so i don't i don't get defensive about it i just i'm, I'm enthralled by it. it it's a it's a song with uh, not verse, chorus, verse. It's all over. It's a queen hit. <laughs> you know, it's queen. It's Mercury going high and low and all over the place. And I love that. The Bohemian Rhapsody yes. of, of uh, fights.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. it I, and I think it's for me, it's because it, it contains the tension of Star Wars. Like Lucas mm-hmm. made this thing in on paper. Obviously, many other creators help. But Lucas's initial vision uh, on paper. Uh, a lot of people would say, no, you can't. You can't have a. a a whole story called Star Wars that's preaching pacifism, where you expect people to, to you know, uh, fist pump and cheer for mm. the action, and then kind of lecture them that the fight should be avoided. And you can't go from wacky and silly to deadly serious. You you can't have this silly space opera that's also deep and mythic. You can't combine those things. And all yeah. of Star Wars is like, yeah, but I like it and I want to and I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, for those of us who are huge fans, it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it is different. And so many people on paper would say no to all these ideas in these four fights together. Kind of to me, those massive tonal uh, uh, shifts, (laughs) uh, those changes in the Bohemian Rhapsody uh, (laughs) tone and tenor and tempo uh, represent that sort of yes, I can attitude of Star Wars. If I can combine all these things.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a little like Band on the Run as well for you McCartney fans too. Yeah, no, 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 I'm right there with you on it. Uh, I, I I think I even appreciate that more because there's so many epic things. I, I could wax poetic about Gungans walking out of the the swamps to fight. Like, I just love that shot. It's one of my favorite Star Wars shots, and it's all part of the beauty of uh, what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah, and that low horn. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Right? so good. Right? It's
3: so yeah. good. Yeah,
0: so much going on. But uh, we are going to, uh, from this point on, focus on the actual lightsaber fights. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the epic duel itself, I do want to ask you uh, how you feel about the little mini fight between uh, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul on Tatooine.
3: I'm clapping my hands together, man. You, 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 you know, it's like a nice alarm clock you've just given me. I this, I love that you asked this question. It's underrated. It is a great tease. Uh, for the main event and and if phantom menace was a uh, netflix or excuse me disney plus sorry bobs uh, if it was a disney plus series the discourse would be that's all that's the big fight we got Uh, you know patience patience we're getting to the end uh the the energy is great it's an explosion of violence Uh, talk about great shots that shot of maul from behind which i think was in one of the trailers just wonderful maul fighting in a cloak is interesting to me Mm -hmm. and then i love qui-gon sorry i'm taking all the excitement joseph i apologize oh it's fine qui-gon just immediately knowing what's about to go down. This isn't a moisture farmer coming up on us. I got the feeling Anna can get down. We got to fight. And it's the first time Sith and Jedi blades have clashed in a long time, at least as far as the information we have at this point. I love everything about that little exchange. Yeah, no, it's
0: a great contrast between, like, the beginning of the film when, you know, Obi-Wan is focusing on his anxieties and he senses something not right elsewhere, elusive. <laughs> and then in contrast, Qui-Gon's like, it's the dark side and it's coming at me 90 miles an hour.
3: And <laughs> Anakin, get down!
0: get down, Anakin. Yeah, yeah. and going for the blade right away. And mm-hmm. Maul's dismount is that's pretty thrilling, right? Just like yeah. off the speeder and into it. There's no parking and slowly walking <laughs> up. You know, there's yeah. no uh, Western framing of you know, the shot behind the legs and the sands yeah, and, drifting. It's just a dismount and go for the head.
3: I know it's funny because I'm someone, uh, you know, especially you know, this podcast in real life who will sometimes get a little grumpy about the volume or uh, that looks like CGI to me. And I've, I've been like that for my whole life. I don't know. I got to get rid of it. Um, but there's those moments where I don't care. Maul leaping off the the cycle is so clearly not a human doing it. <laughs> it's so clearly a computer program. Um, you know what I mean? And i love it. I love it. I'm so into it. I just love everything about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, you, you said the key word, it's a teaser trailer for the big mm-hmm. fight, right? It's, uh, yeah. everything about it is just like, here's a hint of what to come, right? It's only, it's only the two of them fighting. Maul only has a yeah. uh, one blade ignited. He's cloaked. So you can't fully see, Uh, His ferocious face. It's, you know, the fight is dusty and fast and it's edited. So it's kind of hard to see. There's that one sort of tracking shot where you get to see a little bit more choreography, but fight choreography. But for the most part, it's the kind of the fast edit close up. You don't really know what's happening. Uh, So I've come to really, really embrace it as exactly what you said. It's a tease Mm -hmm. for the main event. Um, I believe you've read the novelization more recently in the high app. I believe it's mm. bigger in the novelization with like yeah. Maul jumping on board the landing platform and and Obi Wan helping to knock him off and more desperately escaping Maul. Am I remembering that
3: correctly? I, I do think you are. It, it's even been about a year since I, I reread the that novel. Which again, all of you should reread the uh, the Phantom Menace novelization if you haven't. Well, yeah, I think you're right. There's a little bit more more drawn out, and, yeah. that, and that and that works for me too. But this this this, this the explosion of violence works for me in the film here.
0: Yeah, I've really embraced it as a teaser, but I have spent a long time of my Star Wars fandom, honestly, wanting it to be bigger, wanting Maul to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. ferocious, wanting Obi-Wan to have to help force him off uh, Mm -hmm. the landing pad, uh, landing platform, uh, you know, but uh, I really like it as it is. And it makes for a great shot of Maul staring at them leaving. (sighs) So
3: good. So good.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So then let's get back to the main battle, the epic battle of the Phantom Menace. Uh for the characters in this lightsaber fight, what is at stake? Why are they fighting? What is victory for Maul, for Qui-Gon, for Obi-Wan, for the galaxy?
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, we we you know, we truly have the, the duel of fates going on and anything that that's been out there in, in the in the discussion for a while now. Uh we'll make our required Reference to Filoni's speech in the Disney <laughs> gallery thing, which, by the way, I watched this morning, and it's beautiful. I I, I really do love it, and, and I won't ever sound like I'm needling the guy and taking it away. It, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful uh, discussion about Star Wars. Um, and it's at the center of this fight. Um, and, and so, therefore, I, I think that's what's at stake for the saga itself, right? Uh, this mm-hmm. The idea that the boy is dangerous. His, his fate is uncertain. He's not dangerous. All that kind of stuff at play. But I, 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 I was trying to focus on the individual basis here, and, and Maul... You know, there's just a lot of this, to me, of of what's at stake is, is, uh, I don't know, a little bit of proving his power to his boss and to himself. He's been a kept man for so long, Mm -hmm. hiding in the shadows, wanting to taste more blood. I know in the Maul comic, he does taste Jedi uh, blood there, gets a a kill under his belt. And it's kind of uh, part of what's going on with him. And it's just this fight for dominance and power. Uh, So while this is truly a duel of the fate, you know, to me, Maul has um, there's no it might be in Palpatine's head. You know, hey, there's this. Boy, out there, you know, or I'm sensing something, but Maul is, is truly the blunt weapon here. So I'll start there of just him. It is, it is, uh, it is bloodshed, His victory, it is power, and it's proving what I know about myself. My status yep. is true.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. Um, uh, talking about the big picture, I think, yeah, it's great to mention the Filoni thing. I think uh, it is wonderful that he gave that impassioned speech, and I think maybe helps uh, some people really kind of yeah. uh, see some of the bigger ideas at play in uh, the prequel, this idea of uh, the importance of having parental figures, in particular uh, Anakin really uh, missing his mother, but also really desiring a, a, a father figure, in that Qui-Gon yeah. is, uh, gentle and kind and it's maybe going to tell him the exact same things that obi-wan and yoda would tell anakin but would tell him in a way that makes anakin feel safe and respected and that kind of good mentorship where where qui-gon's like there's the door you should go through it <laughs> whereas yeah obi-wan and yoda are like come on get through the door go um <laughs> so there's that that loss of that uh that father figure that floney mm. talks about so which affects Anakin's fate which I think is really great um and I felt that I felt that at the end of the Kenobi show uh the more I've been thinking about it you know that those ending scenes where we see where Vader ends up and where we see where Obi-Wan ends up right we get Mm -hmm. to see Obi-Wan bond with Leia we get to see Obi-Wan bond with Luke even have a better understanding uh with Owen he gets all of this connection in this joy in this life by opening up by letting go invader in his anger and compulsion uh is left you know just brooding on a lava castle mm-hmm. but specifically i thought of phantom menace because if uh, a part of the duel of the fates is is anakin's fate where is he going to end up he loses qui-gon it's powerful to look at the kenobi show and you know obi-wan uh let's go reaches out tries to uh, form connection and he is reunited with his awesome dad figure Qui-Gon.
3: Yeah. And yeah.
0: Vader's stuck
3: alone with
0: his mean a-hole dad Palpatine. <laughs> you can yeah. like smash cut from mm-hmm. the Phantom minutes battle to Filoni's speech to here it is <laughs> playing out, you know? If yeah. if Anakin fought back against Vader said no to Palpatine, I'm he could he could connect with Qui-Gon. He could have what he lost that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's denying himself because of his anger and his control and his need for power.
3: Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely true. True yeah. duel of the fates with the greatest the song behind it ever. <laughs> this piece of <laughs> yeah, music, Star Yeah, th-
0: that's you know a big part of the epicness. Uh, I also yeah. think it's you know what's at stake in the fight is also Kenobi's fate. Right, if Qui Gon mm-hmm. lives, Kenobi gets to pass the trials uh, and become a Jedi Knight and think more about his own identity and who he wants to be as a Jedi Knight instead mm-hmm. of being, you know, as I always uh, imagine, like, congratulations, you you graduated college. Uh, you're a dad now, and that's your whole thing. Yeah, No, yeah. no chance to explore yourself. <laughs> you're just this a dad now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you don't lo- want to
3: be. Yeah, I, I love that view on it for for Kenobi. It, it, it's a little bit of of his, his fates uh, in the lurch as well. Uh, and, and I'm looking at, you know, trying to look at him in this fight. I think he has his own views on you know, we're talking about what's at stake and 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 the victory conditions, we love that uh, analyzing that around here. It is it's, it's His views, his own kind of views on maybe dominance and power and how that leads to protection. I'm not saying he's seeking power. I'm not saying he's approaching this with a bad heart at all. I think he kind of starts to fight because it's wanting to do the hero thing. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. and he almost dies when it becomes a vengeance thing, and, and 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 that's kind of the big lesson of him hanging on that ledge there. And so for me, he. he Kind of what ends up being at stake is his path as a Jedi to to maybe back up what you're saying there, his own fate.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, uh, for me, jumping, jumping to Obi-Wan's stakes, uh, mm-hmm. I think that he is trying to be the good Jedi Knight who is following, uh, not a Jedi Knight, uh, the good Padawan who mm-hmm. is following the Jedi mandate, who is uh, taking the lead from his master, and their goal is defense. They're there only to defend the queen that's their mandate right yeah, yeah uh but personally we see throughout the film that he really he's antsy to prove himself right he's headstrong he's impulsive uh, he steps forward at the jedi council meeting and says i am ready to face the trials right yeah uh he is eager to prove himself and i think that's where you do get that hero vibe of he's there doing his job but as a benefit of his job like the sith returned for the first time and uh, i'm gonna be one of the jedi who who take them down i think there is like a little bit of ego yep. in there um mm-hmm. and then definitely for you i th- for, i agree with you i think that's to me the story of this fight i've enjoyed uh, discussing it on some other shows discussing it here on force center mm-hmm. um i think everything changes for obi-wan when when qui-gon falls and i think he does just give in to anger right uh yep. it, it, and it explodes into that section of the battle and you see how that to me the the danger of the dark side of you give into anger a little bit and it does give you focus and make you feel powerful right that moment where you're like where you say bleep it i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not taking this anymore you feel energized and you feel focused but just like in this fight Mm -hmm. you're not thinking clearly and it leaves you open and vulnerable and i love just like uh the language of the fight where uh, that there's that beat where you, we have the long phrase of fighting, fast, aggressive. Obi Wan is taking it to Maul, and then he's you know leaning down on him. He's mm-hmm. and just pushing. It's just about he's like trying to dominate Maul, and it leaves him entirely open and vulnerable. And he gets pushed yeah. into the shaft. And then you know once he's hanging there, slows down, thinks, uh, yeah, thinks yeah. about mm-hmm. the big picture like mm-hmm. Obi Wan often does, and uh, how Obi Wan often wins fights just entirely changes the conditions of the fight uh, by thinking about it in a m- more broad perspective. For Maul, it's like, <laughs> his lightsaber's gone. His master is dead. I'm just toying with him. He's got nothing. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a yeah. cat. He's a mouse. And Obi-Wan literally thinking about the environment, you know, and thinking about what Maul isn't thinking about in reaching out to Qui-Gon's Blade. Yeah. I think that's him passing the Jedi trials, right? Of It's mm-hmm. not just that he defeated Maul. It's the way he defeated Maul
3: yeah yeah no I, absolutely. and what I love about this is is kind of an example of where you can have you can have fun and and the discourse can take you a certain way and you ask silly fun Star with questions at a bar and it can really really hide a lot of what's going on and 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 I'm someone for for years have been like you know, we'll even make the joke, we all drop to our knees and close our eyes like Qui-Gon to focus and all those Qui-Gon philosophical statements comes to mind, but then we always make the joke, but that fight didn't turn out too well for him, and it was Kenobi rushing in, and then you know, you skip to the end sometimes in that discourse of him Mm -hmm. slicing them all too, and I think I I love when you've highlighted that before uh, Joseph, of just like, yeah, 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 he did get through, and he did start slashing and hacking and power and bashing, and and he's hanging by his fingertips. Um, again, what is there? Why? Why is this going on? And so it's uh, for 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 decades. A lot of the conversations have been like, "Well, why can not he just force sprint through the laser gates to help Qui Gon?" And I don't know, maybe you know, if, if, if the force sprint takes energy. All those kind of things you can you can get lost in, but not uh, that that's not engaging with what the the story is telling us there in that moment. And, and that's and I think you're right. All that leads to him him and his own Jedi trials.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um- Yeah. And I also wanted to be sure to go back to Maul for a moment. I Mm -hmm. think you're I think all the storytelling that has happened with Maul has enhanced uh, what's in the movie, you know, knowing that he sort of blames the Jedi. Why couldn't you have uh, found me and given me a better life instead? I was given away to this life of of torture? Uh, He blames the Jedi. He's been uh, trained to hate the Jedi. And, and you know, to blame them. Uh, but even in the movie, I mean, he he says his motivation uh, pretty clearly, you know, at, at last we reveal ourselves, so at last we will have revenge, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> so I think his motivation is, uh, yeah, you're awful. And I want to uh, get my vengeance on you. I want to uh, rack up my Jedi kills. And I think it's also, I really agree with you about proving himself to his master, right? He's finally allowed to do it, to be unleashed and to prove himself in you know, that line where Sidious says, you know, you've been well-trained, there'll be no match for you. Like mm-hmm. that amps up the stakes from all of like, what is it going to mean if I lose or if they escape? Because yeah. I'm here to prove that they are no match for me.
3: Yeah. Power gets me up the ladder. Uh, You know, all those things, all the dark side things it really works. Yeah, you're right. We take the the, the the mall storytelling that unfolds uh, years after this, it, do- it does make uh, this have a lot more weight
0: yeah yeah and then I think uh, on a practical level of the actual dynamics of the plot in this movie, uh his practical goal uh we we're talking a little bit about it, kind of his internal emotional goals uh, on a practical level, his mission is uh kill the Jedi so he can move against Padme and force her to sign the treaty yeah uh Sidious is clear about he I want that treaty signed, um which I think is, is all about helping to ensure palpatine's sympathy vote victory which he gets anyway and i also think like if he gets that treaty signed right and naboo has fallen to it's it's technically the government is still there but this treaty has been signed through violence and they're a they're a puppet government of the trade federation that's a great way to accelerate a separatist wanting to break away from a broken republic
3: Mm, yeah Big. Yeah. The chess pieces, you know, the boring politics of Phantom Menace, <laughs> the boring policies,
0: politics <laughs> and, and policies. Yeah. Uh, so the last character that we haven't really talked about in terms of uh, of their motivations and their victory yeah. conditions is good old, calm, kneeling Qui-Gon. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on Qui-Gon's motivations?
3: I mean, look, Anakin's futures. So it's the headline, right? It's absolutely the headline. And, and it's funny when that do- that door opens, we're going to talk about that door opening there. And you got Maul here to prove his power. You got uh, Obi-Wan being like, let's go do this. Let's go be heroes. It's Qui-Gon's the one going, oh, this is about Anakin. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is about him. But I was looking, I'm not looking beyond that, but maybe we can discuss that more. And I know we're going to discuss that. But I was also just had this thought, and it it may be even more of a question than a a complete uh, thought and belief here for me here. But this this idea of him defending the will of the Force uh, to kind of... uh, proves I don't confirm to himself that what he what he is feeling is right the Sith have returned the this boy shows up in his path uh Jar Jar does too let's point that out uh Qui-Gon has has his uh, his belief is being questioned by his colleagues right it's not a good day at the office for Qui-Gon when he comes no. back so it's not a win for his ego or vanity like I was right I think it's for him fighting for the ideas of of uh, you know trusting the will of the force uh, all those, all those Qui Gon statements. It's him kind of putting his money where his, his mouth is, and 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 fighting for that, as well as Anakin. Um, you know, even even, uh, um, even the famous drop to his knees in this this in fight meditation is him kind of fighting the way he feels the Jedi should fight uh, from a certain point of view. I think so. Yeah, I love all that there going on with Qui Gon.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, these these are some good deep thoughts. Um, I I think for me it starts from this point of. Just pure Jedi defense, right? This mm-hmm. is Qui-Gon just uh, calmly going about his business uh, from, from one perspective of he says it multiple times to, to Padme, I-, I can only protect you. I cannot fight a war for you. Right? And that's literally what they're doing of like, hey, you got this dangerous plan. You asked for my opinion. You know, I said, great, go for it. There's some danger to the Gungans, but this is your choice. I am giving you, uh, you know, I'm not getting in your way. He's not giving her anything. He's not (laughs) getting in the way of her agency or authority. And he is doing exactly what is being asked of him. And I think what he believes in is my role is to defend you. Uh, A Jedi's role is to hold back uh, the dark side so it doesn't go out of balance. Here's this actual manifestation of the dark side that wants to throw things out of balance. I will mm. do my Jedi duty and I will defend you. You know, I think it's in some ways the way, you know, people discuss who is the main character of the Phantom Menace. And I think it's, it's Qui-Gon. His mission is to resolve this conflict mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's doing his part in resolving this conflict. So I think on one hand, this is, this is Qui-Gon being just very calm in in the moment of I'm not obsessing too much on the future I'm doing what needs to be done right now. Right now, there is this threat right here. The rest will reveal itself. I will deal with this problem. What's this problem is dealt with of this, you know, dark warrior. Then we'll continue to investigate the Sith. I'll train the boy and this stuff will all play out. Um, But I love what you're saying about the big picture duel of the fates. And I, I think that this idea that if he's found this boy who is going to fulfill this prophecy of bringing the force back into balance, he must have an opinion that the force is out of balance Mm -hmm. and the revelation of the Sith (laughs) only encourages it, uh, the idea that it's out of balance. Um, and he, he dies with such conviction about the future, not about the details, right? But like he will bring balance and it's powerful to hear now of like, yes, he will (laughs) many Mm -hmm. years from now, uh, with his destruction of of Palpatine and his own victory over Vader, mm-hmm. um, I don't. There's something about Qui-Gon that just it feels very in the moment. The big cosmic stakes are there, but one step at a time is his attitude even towards massive cosmic events.
3: Look, I even love that little beat. You're touching upon it here, but uh, the the, the teaser fight and, and, you know, the the big introduction, you know, Anakin meet Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan meet Anakin. But, like, he has that moment of what are we going to do? And he he literally – Liam Neeson plays it as, huh, patience. (laughs) He he literally comes on to, you know, patience. And it's not him, uh, you know, freaking out. He's not – Oh my gosh! We must inform. He'll handle all that. But it's just this: like, how, how are we going to get through the With patience, we're, we're, we're going to get through this with patience, and that is uh, certainly a, a you know a big Jedi philosophy. And how to do this, uh, how, to, how to handle this fight, and how to go forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you think? Uh, do you mm. think there's any any failure in Qui Gon's choices, or do you think he was just defeated by a vicious, powerful Sith? I
3: I, I think he was. Defeated by someone, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say, you know, put it as simple as skill rankings, but let's not underestimate what Maul was and how yeah. good he is and how powerful he is and how what he's being fueled by. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Quicker, more seductive, easier. All those things that Yoda tells us later on uh, or that we knew going into this film. Yeah, I, I think he just got bested. I, I don't look at it as any misstep. Um you know, because uh, yeah, I don't I think he just yeah. got bested, which which is part of it. Right. And and you talk about Qui-Gon being the main character. I, I love that point of view. And I think that's one of the things that's overlooked about the discussions around the Phantom Menace and how this is, you know, it is not his 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 um, existence, life, death. He's going to go on. We know we're going to see him again. Yay. Um, But that's that thing. And then that conviction uh, going going through that journey to come to that point where he's saying these things to Obi-Wan as he dies. That's the story. Uh, versus getting the winner lost there so yeah i think he just got a loss and that's the way it is sometimes with the force
0: yeah i i think so too and i think you know obviously he passes into the force uh mm-hmm. he has been uh training for that not fully trained but obviously uh he becomes a successful spirit within the force keeping his consciousness but yeah i i, I don't think there's to me there's no failure it, it, he's yeah. doing the right thing when he takes the knee right he is staying focused on this mm-hmm. isn't about me this isn't about anger this is about protecting the queen protecting anakin this is about doing exactly what a jedi should do is hold back the darkness and it just feels like uh, on like a metaphorical level like he tries really hard to hold back the darkness and this is a moment where the darkness surges over him and it wins Mm -hmm. it overwhelms him
3: yeah yeah absolutely i like that a lot uh, good uh, for, yeah, good job, Quarkon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fortunately. <laughs> Very <laughs> sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let,
0: let's talk about how the environment helps uh, tell the story or just increase the thrill factor, this big lightsaber fight. Where do you go with the old feed power generator?
3: Yeah, it truly makes us a sprawling epic. There's that epic word we talk about. And and I I um the the fact that it's just a generator room, you know, is is uh, is a funny thing to me because it's just so Star Wars. It's just so hey, we're going to put it in a generator room. What's that look like? It looks like <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> you got towers of light and energy and, uh, you know, uh railless walkways. It's got everything Star Wars needs. It just adds to the tension. And and I, I always look at, you know, talk about faster, more intense, or, oh, I think it went too far, all these George kind of things. I just, George looked at his previous fight, especially Return of the Jedi. And, and well, definitely Empire. Empire goes to a lot of different spots uh, in, in the location, but just having George go bigger, go bigger. We are going to go absolutely (laughs) to the extreme on where this fight is set. And I love that. I think it adds so much to it.
0: Yeah. To me, uh, uh, there's so many things I love about it. Uh, One is just because it is, it's huge. It's sprawling. It moves from a distinctive iconic place to place. Um, But it is to me a different take on Bespin. It is still, Mm -hmm this story of where does the fight end up going? Well, the the inner workings that are dangerous, that are industrial, that are not a place, <laughs> you know, yeah. for anyone but a tech worker to very carefully be, and here's this fight kind of uh, just flinging itself, uh, these people fling themselves through a dangerous industrial space, uh, but because it's Naboo and because it's the general aesthetic of the Phantom Menace, it's the elegant bowels <laughs> yeah, of a power yeah. station yeah. I- instead of the more kind of dark, scary, nightmarish uh, Bespin one. Uh, I love that there is that the kind of the circular design everywhere which is just so prominent uh, in Phantom Menace. Everything is a circle uh, from dialogue about symbiote circles to just the design of so much. Uh, the Senate Pods, the Trade Federation ships, uh, all of the design in the power generators is, is very circular and flowing. Um, so I like that it, it reflects that. And then for the thrill factor, yeah, it's it's a lot of high places, which you know I love. Always have <laughs> your your fights in a high place, and if there are no uh, railings, even better. And in this one, people do fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a part of the language of the battle. Uh, yeah. I think the final big thing that I really like the the scale of the, of the space helps tell the story. Uh, the the ability to fall and get separated, and the laser mm-hmm. gates. This environment makes the fight all about separation. Yeah. This movie uh, is about empathy, uh, symbiosis. It's about literally helping one another. That idea is repeated multiple times. It's called out in dialogue. It is the victory of Padme asking for the help of the Gungans. Everything is coded as victory is working together, staying together. And Maul uh, gets some victory in this fight because separation. He, you know, he yep. splits uh, up Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon on the the high place with no railings. And then the laser gates are just like this ultimate uh, expression of uh, this is what the dark side wants to do. It wants to separate people so they can't gain strength from one another. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is, is the story of why Qui-Gon dies, is, is mm-hmm. Maul successfully separates him.
3: No, I, I yeah, absolutely. It's almost like the midi have a purpose of the story too. I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching that scene; it just it is kind of Qui-Gon maybe talking about the the, the core of the movie right then and there. Um, but again, it pops up all the time. Yeah, we we love the boss Nass stuff, don't we? We love that. Mm-hmm. We, we love that scene. We did the the throne of judgment scene by scene on four <laughs> center about a year or so ago. Uh, and I think you're right. And again, I, I keep bringing it up because I think I, I'm 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 talking about from personal experience and conversations I had from 1999. Oh, I don't know. Say to about 2015 when you and I started doing this, where it was more of you're looking at the fight as a fight as a as a set piece, and it's and and you can and I think should and and analyze it on that and, and rate it on that as well. But yeah, it, you know the, the the laser gates are a little awkward, right? If you just got what are what are what is going on here? These just like gates are there and the railings and. Um, it can bury the theme if you follow those discussion points too, too far. And I'm, j- I'm just saying that again, from real, real, uh, strong personal experience.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. I can't remember. I don't think I ever, I had definitely had people do, why didn't they do the speed run? Mm-hmm. Um, but I never had anybody complain about the Lates, the the, the mm. Laser Gates, the Lates. Mm. You uh, should have
3: you should have been at a Chili's in Northridge about 2000.
0: <laughs> you know, at this point, it is fascinating for me to discover a, a, a critique of Phantom Menace that I haven't heard. <laughs> 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 to me, it's just a classic tip of the iceberg storytelling. I love mm. it. Like, it's a power generator on a, you know, exciting alien world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d- 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 they contain... That they go off and on to contain steam released space steam who cares yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in they're in the a power generator of an alien world lots yeah. of weird crap should be happening you know yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, and i agree i agree i'm yelling back in time uh, to that uh discussion I, I, that you I had. wish
3: you were at the to- high top bar it's northridge northridge uh, <laughs> chili's on Reseda. i can give you names of the friends who are yelling about it and let's go back in time <laughs> I'm going.
0: If that chilies is still there, I'll I'll just go back right now and I'll oh, start that, yelling about Phantom minutes.
3: Oh, that chilies is still there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is there for a long time, long time. <laughs> All right. Uh, what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you
3: watch this fight? It's fun. honestly, I I I don't think of them as much these days, and that's just the way we look at these things, the way just we way we discuss things. But uh, we talked about them earlier. To me, it's the reality. You know, the well choreographed uh, choreographed nature. Obviously, it still pops up we're talking about it today, but, but it, to me, it's just such a choice, and not, a, not a reality versus some of the other realities we've already discussed in, in this series so far. Um, and then all those things are usually attributed to the prequels, the ah, bad CGI, ah, the rough dialogue, all those kind of things that are that are there at times for you to, to point out and go, yeah, that that might be something uh, we'd want to see done di- a little differently. I don't know. Um, not, to me, none of that is present in this duel. Uh, and I was thinking about this day other than just it looks a little different. And again, I'm mentioning the era of Five Matrix and Crouching and Tiger, Hidden Dragon, all those kind of films of the day. Other than kind of feeling like that, it's so its own thing. And it's so it stands up more than other fights do for me at times. If That makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, for me, absolutely. I think this is, you know, Lucas went on this journey of releasing the special editions because he felt you know, obviously it was to get excitement uh, up about the prequels, but also, you know, spent a lot of money and time and took a risk because he felt like there were some things that I wanted to be a certain way, and I, I was held back by the the limitations yeah. at the time, and I think that this fight is, in the general prequel style, is definitely the storytelling of what was fighting like in a different era, but it also just feels like Lucas Unleashed of, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> these are the kind of, like, much more 30s serial Errol Flynn, you know, up and down the stairs, flying fast, uh, you know, just absolute thrill fest. And that's, for me, there's always uh, always a little bit of, this is the way Lucas always saw lightsaber fights. Uh, yeah. and, and now it uh, was able to go kind mm-hmm. of all out. Um, so I think about that. Uh, I can't uh, watch this about thinking about Nick Gallard, the, you know, mm-hmm. fight stunt coordinator, the sword master, who was just all over the behind the scenes uh yeah documentaries and videos that were released at the time. Um I think particularly in watching the section with Obi-Wan and Maul about the actual editors, about uh, Ben mm-hmm. Burt and Paul Martin Smith, the way that entire fight is edited, uh there's some shots I love because they are the long, uninterrupted sections of just trackable choreography and motivation where there are no cuts. It's just like yeah those two actors, performers doing that at that speed. Uh, But then even once we get into cuts, every cut is perfect uh, to keep it incredibly fluid. That moment where like Obi-Wan leaps up and he's just rushing forward, but his blade is still spinning. Yeah, (laughs) You know, there's such a sense of of movement. It is so kinetic. And I think it's, for me, it's one of the things that makes that part of it uh, so thrilling. So I think about the, Mm. how important, it's obvious that editing is important, but I really feel it uh, in mm, this yeah. fight.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You can, do, you can do that wrong. You can do that wrong.
0: Yeah. The uh, Final thing for me on, on kind of realities of filmmaking, I, I do think about the the narrative choice of that it is the Jedi and the Sith at their height, that there mm-hmm. is power, but there's also speed. There's elegance. Uh, I go back to what Qui-Gon says after he fights Maul the first time, right? Of, you know, whatever it was, it was well-trained in the Jedi arts. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those other lines when people were, you know, having their critiques it's like, yeah, but that, that was a cool line, right? The Jedi arts. Yeah. Uh, but to me, it, that, that's what it's about. It is, uh, there are forms that are known and everybody is, uh, you know, in the, the knowledgeable combatants are using them against one another and looking for openings, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Maul finds one against uh, Qui-Gon, right? And yeah. he, he doesn't find one against Obi-Wan until... Uh, Obi-Wan lets his guard down Uh so to me I just uh, when I when I watch the fight and I know some people don't like it because they feel it looks too choreographed and looks like they're dancing mm-hmm. uh, like and, uh, I, I appreciate the subjective uh, nature of that but for me like yeah it's in art <laughs> yeah. they know forms and I really feel it in this fight and I like that
3: yeah uh, yeah absolutely it's uh yeah, it's it's just the style and the presentation. And I was going to go into longer wrestling example, and I'm not going to do that. But,
0: uh. <laughs> Fair enough. Look at you editing yourself. Uh. <laughs> I'll maybe try to do that as we as we move <laughs> forward. Uh, so let's talk about just favorite moments from the fight. Favorite moments of thrill or emotion or storytelling or dialogue. Go wherever you want. What are some favorite moments for you?
3: You have to start at the beginning, right? This is got to mm-hmm. be on everyone's list. So door opens. We'll handle this. We'll take the long way. Great comedy from Padme, I think, as well as mm-hmm. a, a need. Uh, and then the best music cue in Star Wars. I'm saying it as a question mark because I, I hate to... Say this is the best of, you know, I want to leave room for discussion, but that, I mean, God, that's the best. Uh, Certainly one of the
0: most beloved, right? Mm -hmm. And has the thrill ever gone away? I mean, it was in the trailer. Has the thrill ever gone away from watching Maul ignite the second blade?
3: Oh, honestly, no, I stopped eating my English muffin to watch it this morning. That's big for me. That's big for me. Uh, no, it, it's uh, it's only grown to stature. Because I think, I'll tell you what, I think um, seeing it uh, in, in 99, you know, the eight times I saw this in the theater, you know, th- it was it was in the trailer. It was already there. Like, so you kind of had that like, oh, yeah, 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 this is that thing I already saw. Um not not another was spoiled, but you know it was it was cool, so now years later twenty something years later, I'm not worried about oh, it's that trailer moment, I'm just worried or 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 just engaged with the moment what I'm seeing it and it, uh, seeing there, and it's really cool,
0: yeah, no absolutely that the uh the robe removal <laughs> yeah. yeah the realization of like, yeah, no, this is a problem the the fact that there is no dialogue, all three of them just know what's up, <laughs> yeah, and the you know from growing up with the original trilogy era the double blade was incredibly cool then it is uh, clearly still very cool to lots of people playing Jedi Fallen Order and choosing mm. to have a double blade <laughs> yeah yeah you know down to the inquisitors uh, it will always be cool and this is the double blade moment
3: yeah yeah Standard. so what are some
0: yeah uh, what are
3: some other moments I love uh, Maul flinging. Uh, it's a droid part, right? I believe at the yeah. door to open it. Ah, that's just you know. I'm trying not to root for Maul here, but I that's it, it, just one of those like badass moments that he, he's just he he knows what he's doing. He's gonna fling this droid. I just remember loving it the first time I saw it, and it's still fun to watch now.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's not focused on right. It's kind of mm-hmm. in the corner. So like I remember, I think I didn't notice it the first couple of viewings and like it right. was a great moment to discover it's so cool because it's a different kind of force gesture like a lot of times uh the force gesture i don't know it tracks a little bit more it, mm. it, it it's it's like mm. he he uses the force on that droid machinery like he is at a dog show and he has trained the hell out of his poodle like it's a command <laughs> yeah. go over there and open that door you know yeah. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. And one of the things that I've come to appreciate because I've uh, watched that again and again, if you watch Kenobi, he's doing this kind of weird, casual march forward, where also swinging his blade. And if you hit pause at the right mm-hmm. moment, it looks like he's marching in a Jedi parade, and it's really fun and really funny. <laughs> I love that. What are some other uh, moments for you? For you,
3: uh, most of Maul's kicks. Uh, I, I, again, I'm trying <laughs> not to root for Maul in this fight. Uh, and then there's that trailer beat uh, again. It's in, it's in one of the the trailers uh, where uh, Qui Gon and Kenobi leap across at Maul, right? And um, mm-hmm. see it play out here. I ju- I just really like that one too, because especially it's early on in the fight where he's kind of you know he's trapped. He's up against the the edge there, and he does the mm-hmm. leap back, like ha ha. And they're like, all right, woohoo! And I I just like the the beats going on there.
0: Yeah, r- right around there that those very classic push in hero shots of all three of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I really like where that's placed, right? Because we have the utter coolness of the um, the double blade, the robe removal of the double blade at the top. We have, uh, you know, the shot of both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon igniting their blades. And these these kind of individual hero shots could have gone there. But I like that the fight starts. And then you get the sense of this is going to go on for a while. And there's that sort of hero shot of them all realizing like, okay, we've, we've tested each other and we're in it. And it's going to go for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And also just become iconic shots, particularly of Qui-Gon. Like, I think that's kind of like the Qui-Gon image.
3: It is. It absolutely is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jumping ahead uh, a little bit to me, one um, one moment I've always really liked. And I I think it's one of the things that makes me feel this sort of metaphorical Qui-Gon just overwhelmed by the darkness. Uh, Once the laser gate opens and Qui-Gon comes up off his knees, which is such a, a great moment. Uh, he's fighting with Maul for a little while and then they separate a little bit and Qui-Gon just kind of has this look of disgust, despair and then we cut mm. to Maul's just sort of like seething face and we see the mm. rotted teeth and the yellow eyes and the curled lip and it's like Qui-Gon is almost just like okay, I'm trying to beat this guy but I'm just uh, yeah. dismayed by yeah. being in his presence because the darkness is just rolling off him look at all that hate and it, it's like one of the last pause it's the last pause before he goes down
3: yeah, and I think it's a great to tie it to some of the themes we're talking about, and even talking about does, does Qui-Gon make a mistake? No, the darkness is just so overwhelming there, and I have always kind of taken that of just, like, what am I fighting?
0: Yeah, yeah, and how? And and I think, you know, the whole thing with taking the knee is also just, like, there's no joy in this for Qui-Gon. There's no thrill mm. of adventure. There's no, like, I've been looking forward to this. The, you know, there's, yeah, there's yeah. no even, like, even in, like, the Clone Wars animated series when Obi-Wan is fighting, like, you know, Asajj, there's a sense of, like, this is kind of tactical, you know, uh, yeah. there's a sense of, of, you know, play is a weird word to say, but you yeah, know, I know what you mean what uh, a little fun, there, a little flirting, <laughs> yeah, a little fun, a little flirting, a little, you know, so be it. Uh, this is yeah. what it is. Uh, in Qui-Gon is just like, ah, uh, every time you fight, it's a loss. You feel that, yeah. right? Like, Absolutely. cause he's taking it to, to, to Maul, the, the, the great, uh, elbow to the side and the punch and knocking mm-hmm. him down. Like, and it just feels like Qui Gon's just like I hate having to do this. I don't want to fight.
3: Yeah, no, and and going back to what he's fighting for too, the the, you know, the way, the way to fight or how to fight, all those kind of things. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you feel that especially at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the, and then Maul's move, the the
0: the hilt hit to the head. That mm. you know, it, it'll always be depressing and cool at the same time.
3: <laughs> yeah, I to say we're not not rooting for Maul, but the, he knows how yeah. to fight. He knows how to yeah. fight. Got some, uh, got some good mm-hmm. moves.
0: I have a couple other uh, favorite moments, but I want to hear yours.
3: Well, one of the final, one of the final big ones for me is, we, yeah, Maul does have the moves, but I love Kenobi breaking his blade. Right, they're getting that mm-hmm. cut in. It's a real aggressive moment of violence, which might be again a te- you know testament to what's going on with Kenobi. But I just think if you're throwing rocks like your me here, it, it's it is a little bit of a tit for tat, and I think Kenobi gets a great shot in there, and I love that little beat.
0: Yeah, no, and it's, it's Kenobi even in his anger having strategy of take away his advantage, you know? Yeah, yeah. Make him Make him fight uh, in a way I can counter better. Uh, doesn't work out uh, super great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, a couple of uh, other ones for me. Um, all the beats with the laser gate, we could talk about it forever, but look, Obi-Wan's little hop before he starts his battle with Maul. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love every shot yeah. of that fight uh, of Obi-Wan and Maul, but it starts with the hop, right, of the like, that's what gives it all of the visual storytelling of, I, I want vengeance. I am going to take him down. I am going to prove himself. Just I'm antsy. I'm impulsive. I'm headstrong. Everything is in this. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go hop. It's so great.
3: Um, the young bull's going to run down that hill and fight all the Sith. Yes.
0: That's yeah, nice. that's right. That He's some Dak Ralter energy.
3: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can take on all the Sith. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I've talked about it so much, but I, I love the initial phrase between Kenobi and Maul where it really does feel like they they know the form and they're looking for openings. And that is emphasized by the fact that they kind of finish this phrase and they spin away. And again, I know that's probably one of the moments that some people dislike about this fight, but I absolutely love it of like, okay, we went at each other with everything and neither of us found an opening. And there's that just that beat and then they're back at it. That's it, so cool to me.
3: It's absolutely one of the beats that I think a lot of us might've pointed to and said, see, it's, it's no difference than a high school dance. Right. Um, I, I absolutely think you're right, but I think I love it now. For, it's, it's such a breath in the, in the story, right? It's such a, I like the way you're describing it, it is, you know, we, we know that we got it. We countered it. Now what? And, uh, it's a little bit of a downbeat to, to, to help us all catch our breath for what's coming. So I, therefore, I think it's a great story point.
0: Yeah, absolutely love it. The final thing for me that that whole exchange, like I said, the editing, the the slicing of Maul's blade, the kick to Kenobi, then he's back at it. Uh but there's that moment where uh Kenobi thinks kind of thinks he's got Maul and he slices at his feet and Maul does that epic spin flip over Kenobi's blade. Mm. And then when he lands, his hand goes out in this very elegant come at me bro gesture <laughs> of like you didn't get me, so what now? Come here. Like that hand is so great.
3: Yeah. Love that. Love that. Uh,
0: sorry. Uh, I like this no, one a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. I wanted to throw in a, a specific question here to reflect on uh, Kenobi's journey and Maul's. Mm. Did Kenobi do the right thing? Cut Maul in half. How do you feel about that?
3: No surprises here. Yes. Because you can't <laughs> account for spider legs. <laughs> you just don't know. And look, should he have broken the cycle, taken him into custody? Sure. Uh, but there's no part of me uh, no part of me that thinks that, that could have happened. Uh, there's no fireside chat was about to happen here quite and, and 30 years later, Kenobi kind of does the same thing anyways, right? This is kind of mm-hmm. what Maul's pushing you towards. Uh, I think you're right. I, I think every fight is a loss. I think every loss take uh, life taken is a, is a loss and, and should be considered hard for the Jedi to do. So I think there's those deeper philosophical questions to ask, but there in that moment, yes, yes, because the threat is 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 gone uh the the protecting the, the bigger themes the pick all the things there you just you just can't account for george walking down a hall and going <laughs> dave mall's back figure it out
0: i know i cut him in half and then gave interviews saying i cut him in half because i wanted people to know he was really dead i changed my mind changed my mind <laughs> uh yeah no i like uh, i like your thought here no one expects the spanish inquisition or spider legs uh mm-hmm. yeah no i i think for me it, it's it's in defense it's uh, the the mandate is to to protect the queen if maul escapes uh that's it for padme uh signing the treaty maybe her life um certainly for naboo uh so i think it is very much uh in defense but i am kind of fascinated by it because it did kick off a cycle of of vengeance right of maul does survive and he rampages around the galaxy looking for vengeance against kenobi And he hurts others uh, in order to call Kenobi to him. He ends up, of course, slaughtering Satine and just over time, slaughters all all these other people. And I just think that's got to get into Kenobi's head and soul a little bit of like, Mm -hmm. I was doing my duty uh, as a Jedi. You know, you you, you forced my hand. It was in defense. And then this guy survives. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For all these years. Out of nothing but hate for me. And I think in this new timeline we know of Kenobi, where he believes for 10 years that he killed Anakin when he didn't really want to, Mm. that he's also got to be thinking about, like, I thought I stopped Maul, but all he did is kick off this other cycle of pain where all of these other people suffered, Mm. you know? And I think just alone in that cave, I think maybe there's some moments where, like, should I have just tried to, you know, de arm him? Should I have tried to? take him in would that have changed anything Mm -hmm. uh was that on kenobi's mind when he walked away from vader in this recent fight that we saw uh you know so i'm Mm -hmm. fascinated with it because i think it's something that obi-wan might rake himself over the coals for but in the big picture i agree with you maul's not giving him much choice
3: Mall's not giving much choice, and then it's kind of that you have to accept that what he goes on and uh, as horrible as it is. Again, you talk the Satine thing; is like that's a heartbreaker. Um, yeah, that that's what Mall's Mall's done with his step steps forward, and not you. So yeah, but but uh, yeah, yeah I, I love that it, it it should weigh on him. It does. It should. It should. Yeah, it should. He he should
0: question it, but yeah, but I think. uh, <laughs> I think he was trying to do the right thing. Uh, yeah. All right. Out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, mm. how many lightsabers do you personally give this epic Phantom Menace duel of the fates?
3: Here's where I went. I went 9.25 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> um, th- th- there's a case that this could be a perfect 10. There is a case for it. I don't know your ranking yet. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a case for it. And I would accept that. Uh, I I I think a little bit of my old self was like just just make sure you account for some of the complaints you had when you were 23 and that's not, that's not right. Um, so it just factored into my decision.
0: No, I understand. I understand. Uh, which of your, your 23 year old complaints is that, uh, is that, 0.75 0.75 uh, off for uh, Jar Jar's crotch, or uh, no
3: off for uh, you know uh, all the questions that we already answered today, but it's still there. Some of the beats seem like a you know a, a one two three four, uh, and, and again I'm so happy with them, But um, compare it to other fights, like I still would go to some of the the, the raw power stuff in, in Jedi and Empire before this fight. However, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make an English muffin and just sit down and enjoy fight. This is one of
0: them. <laughs> you heard it here, folks, Ken. This uh, this uh, lightsaber fight uh, has some muffin-dropping moments for yes. Ken. Yes, it does. Amazing. We'll rate based on muffin-dropping in mm-hmm. the future as well. Yeah, for me, uh, th- these rankings, uh, we'll, we'll defend them uh, with evidence uh, from the films, uh, <laughs> but they're subjective. And yeah. for me, this is a 10 double-bladed <laughs> lightsabers <laughs> fully ignited. This is one of my absolute favorites. I think it hits on the thrill factor. I Mm -hmm. never get tired of watching it. It is dynamic and fun and weird space fantasy uh, swashbuckling. The thing that kind of only Star Wars can deliver to me. And it is delivered just in like every stereotype that you could put on the front of a DVD. It's high octane. Like everything about the thrill works for me. And then there's so much uh, richness in the storytelling of, of what is at stake uh, for the galaxy and for all the individual characters. And, and over the years, it's only become more fascinating to me that this thing mm. that I've always loved is intercut with all these other uh, battles has only made it uh, more fascinating. Mm. Um, I do I will say I do I, I do get the complaint that Maul uh, feels a little cocky and a little slow on the uptake. Uh, when, when Kenobi does cut him down, <laughs> uh, I get that, but I think it's edited well to tell the story for us, the audience. And, uh, and yeah. I chalk that up to Maul being
3: just a little, uh, a little too cocky. A little too. Yeah. Cocky. Yeah. He can't see those outcomes cause he's just so convinced of his own power.
0: Yep. Yep. What's he doing? What's he even doing? Yeah. Thanks, Maul. Uh, any final thoughts on you before we take a quick break?
3: No, great ranking. I figured it might be for you. And it fires on all (laughs) cylinders. It truly does. It truly does. One of the greats.
0: Excellent. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to discuss the lightsaber battles of Attack of the Code. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We are back to continue our discussion of the magic of lightsaber fights. We are flying through the trilogies, and we are on to the Skywalker Saga film, Attack of the Clones. Now, there is, of course, a ton of lightsaber action, uh, but really only one main duel. uh, A duel that I like to think of as Dooku's Gauntlet. (laughs) He fights Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Yoda, all versus Dooku, but all pretty much one at a time. It's like a video game. <laughs> it's like Mortal yeah. Kombat with God Dooku.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So what are your, what are your current feelings on this fight, and have they changed over the years?
3: I I start with uh, the memories of the crowd reaction to Yoda, and and that that's so strong, and that's something we've mentioned before here in Force Center, and sometimes I've mentioned it as an accusation for some fans who. Um, have have spent a lot of their Star Wars identity attacking the prequels where I'm like, I was there with you in general when when you all stood and applauded for Yoda showing up. (laughs) Like that's one of those great Star Wars experience moments for me, just being in many theaters on many uh, viewings during that first uh, week or two or month of the release. And just every time that shadow, every time uh, he walked around the corner, just Mm -hmm. that oh yoda's back and you're gonna get in trouble like it it was just (laughs) man it just was so good so i carry a lot of that forward it just had such a good feel um this my view of this fight has changed over the years where i think it is um some great stuff to discuss and i absolutely love it because i love all three of the characters involved um it's not as fluid as the other fights in the in the prequel era so therefore it uh you know, some of my excitement for it for it has waned over the years. But but I I I, I always say don't leave those initial moments. Don't leave what your heart told you in two thousand two when you're all cheering. That's how you felt. That's how you felt, and go with
0: that. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I think you're so right to just start from the Yoda perspective uh, because that was the big headline uh, on the twentieth anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which you know happened recently. Mm-hmm. I emailed a. Uh, my good friend who is sitting next to me in the theater and is one of my favorite moments of being in a theater. The whole crowd was getting real excited, uh, but he was pounding his thigh and screaming, yes, yes, yes. And (laughs) uh, I'm painting with a broad brush, but generally, Culturally speaking, uh, Minnesota is not a place where you shout your feelings out loud. (laughs) You have designated places for it. That's why many of the people that I knew went into theater, because if you're on stage, you could shout your feelings. So it was thrilling to be not just in applause, but just like a a place where where uh, my friend had been waiting for this, wondering about this for years. I was right there with them and feeling that permission to scream, yes, 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 you know. <laughs> I will never be able to uh, uh, divorce myself from that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you talk about the shadow, knowing it, it, it's coming, right? You had mm-hmm. the the teaser earlier in the film where Obi-Wan says, you know, hey, if you practice your your swordplay, you, you might match uh, Master Yoda. You already have the little tease of like, yeah, it's that's probably going to come. Yeah. Uh, but the moment that was the huge screaming yes in the theater that I was at, was Yoda pulling back uh, his cloak and using the force
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: to pull mm-hmm. it in right the uh, yeah. that was just so damn cool mm. um, and I think about this a lot can we we try to be really mm. mindful. Uh, that we all, uh, you know, get introduced to Star Wars at different times and in different orders. And some people's uh, favorite I- introduction to Star Wars is a video game, and it, or, or the television show Rebels, right? Or the Force right. Awakens, or you know, whatever it is, or the Thrawn novels. I have friends who that's their Star Wars. That's where it begins for them, and everything is about perspective. And there's some things that, like, I wish I could uh, perceive in a way that I didn't get to. Like, I could, mm-hmm. I wish that I could sit down. And watch the prequels having no idea that Anakin is going to fall to the dark side. And know what that feels like. Along (laughs) those lines, I wish I could gift to other people the experience that you and I had of growing up with Yoda for years where he was the wise old master with a cane. And did he even have a lightsaber? (laughs) Yeah. Would he even use it? And we live in a world now where, hey, half the Yoda merch we see, you can get the lightsaber. A kid, a kid yeah. who's born now will never, ever know a time where that was a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Could Yoda do this? And that is a huge, huge part of, of what was so powerful. I'm sure it's still an amazing and cool moment for anybody seeing it at any time. Mm-hmm. But for the perspective that we got made it uh, uniquely powerful. In, in
3: yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that And that's, yeah, that's one of the big draws from it for this fight. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think for me, beyond the Yoda stuff, which is like the big headline, I don't think my feelings have changed terribly. Um, there's definitely some depth of storytelling and perspective that I've appreciated more. But in general, with this fight, uh, I really like the mood. I like some of the beats. I like the dialogue. I like the storytelling. Uh, I like kind of all of the packaging around the actual <laughs> mm-hmm. lightsabers hitting each other the actual straight up fight is not as thrilling as some other fights for me. And and I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons for that and we'll discuss them, but the actual fight, not super thrilling, the mood, the beats, the
3: storytelling. Great. In a, in a way, and I don't want to turn this into a discussion on attack of clones, the overall film, but for, for this fight, all the things you're saying are very true for me. We're like, I love to discuss what's going on here. I love Dooku. I love the setting. I love the battle of Geonosis. I love all of it. Um, Much like the movie, it's uh, just along the way, there's things that even now I go, ah, you know, it's not my favorite beating Star Wars or uh, the, the execution of it. all those kind of normal kind of discussion points. So this kind of is how I feel about tactic. Clones, man, hot damn, I love it. But, you know, there's other things I love more.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally understandable. So let's get into uh, some of the storytelling mm-hmm. for the characters. What do you think is at stake? Uh, what are they fighting for? What is victory for these combatants?
3: Look, it's so funny how now watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and, and the great uh, flashback stuff we get with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan really just uh, does flow so nicely into this. It <laughs> really does. It with, really it, does. With Anakin, you're looking at this this idea of total victory and this personal vengeance and this, uh, you know, you got Padme falling off the lat and rolling down the sand and, and um, he's also got the vengeance for fallen Jedi. All these things that are, you're like good you know I'm not I'm not disagreeing with him here that you know we you killed a lot of Jedi today and I'm gonna do something about it I, I like that starting point I guess but uh the bigger things uh you know that Anakin's gonna run up against uh, will come into factor later I guess so I start there with Anakin just it is it is raw aggression it is a breaking of the you know the connection with with the uh, Kenobi um is what we happen happens there so I guess you could say that's also at stake going into the fight um, and he loses that battle. So yeah, so much there for Anakin.
0: Absolutely. This fight would have gone so much better if Anakin listened to Obi-Wan at the beginning of the fight or clearly, uh, their relatively recent sparring session. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm paraphrasing, right. But your, your, your need for victory blinds you. Right. Uh, so it is about, I think it is about Anakin being cocky, right. In arrogant and thinking he's the, the, a, a better, yeah. uh, sword fighter than Yoda. Um, but I think, yeah, there's definitely, he's still raw about his his mom, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also anger about Padme. It's Dooku who did that to Padme, you know, whatever is happening with her after she fell out of the ship. Uh, I think it's incredibly, incredibly telling uh, that, yeah, he starts with vengeance. Uh, what is Anakin's uh, victory condition? What is his motivation? He says it out loud. You're going to pay for all the Jedi you killed today, Dooku. <laughs> Which is like, okay, great, fine, normal human emotion, right? If yeah, somebody yeah. hurts the, you know, the people that you care about, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. of course it's a normal human emotion to go, you're going to pay for that. Uh, but jedi aspire <laughs> yeah to not give into vengeance i think it's really really telling it, it, it you know in a, in another action movie it'd be like yeah no that's that's the perspective that that's the human perspective yeah. but the to me it's the whole thing of like what would the what the jedi perspective would be is you're not going to continue this war you're not going to you know continue to hurt other people in the future mm-hmm. what's already happened has happened i don't need payback I need to stop more bad things from happening because it's about the big picture. It's not about me. And yeah. Anakin is just sort of flipping all of that of, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm going to make you suffer for you making me suffer. You know, yeah. you're going to pay for all the Jedi you killed today. Dooku is, I, I, I think that gets, you know, a, a big glare from Mace Windu. That is not, <laughs> that is, that is, that's, that's the perspective that is blinding him, you know?
3: Yeah. Absolutely, and again, it's it's so easy to you know uh to defend some of the the starting points, right? Again, for what he what he what what he wants to go do, and uh, yeah, and I think that's that's the the danger of the dark side, right? Sneaks up on you sometimes. There.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So great, great uh, perspectives from Anakin. Uh, do you have thoughts on the other characters
3: with Obi Wan? I'm looking at. Uh, he actually kind of says it. What's his, what's at stake? What what's his uh, victory condition? Handling this. <laughs> <laughs> he literally says we're gonna go handle this, but I think too it, it uh, piggybacking a little bit off the Anakin discussion is fight kind of fighting for the bigger picture, fighting to maintain, um, uh, maintain connection, working together, and, and, and one goal, is, and it's that it's truly that bigger picture, uh, and, and Duke is just a, a part of it there, and and knowing that um, the, the, you know, keep I keep saying the big picture, but I'm thinking of you know when when Padme falls off, he he's so uh, stuck to not stuck but he he's thinking of the mission which anakin's mm-hmm. gonna think you're stuck to the mission right you know anakin's gonna wrestle with that and wrestle with uh letting go of, of his, his personal victory so yeah i i think for Anakin for obi-wan it is it is the big picture truly at stake
0: yeah no absolutely i think this is one of the things that i absolutely love about obi-wan in attack of the clones is that he is just the jedi doing his job yeah <laughs> he understands it he's focused on it uh he wants to stop the war. I love that you pulled out handling it. He also has the line, you know, if we catch him, we can end this war right now. Yeah. It is the flip of what <laughs> what mm-hmm. Anakin is saying of like, I want to hurt you cuz you hurt people I cared about. And Obi-Wan's like mm, the whole point is to stop him from hurting people <laughs> any more people in the future. We can end this war right now. We can't change what already happened. We yeah. can stop more bad things from happening. We can be the light side that holds the dark side back. So I think he's got this great Jedi perspective, the big picture. I think he's also like, hey, he's on a mission. Uh, in hey, he had a debate with Anakin. Is it just to protect Padme, or is it to find out who's trying to kill Padme and stop her uh, mm-hmm. and stop the person? Uh, Padme said from the beginning, uh, I think it's Count Dooku. <laughs> yeah, and here Obi Wan is finally like, guess you're right, Anakin. <laughs> 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 the mandate is to discover it did that and Mm -hmm. to stop it. And here we are trying to stop it. Uh, So I think like his motivations are clear and, and, and solid. Uh, But then for me, I I love the story of Obi-Wan being, you know, a a quite skilled uh, fighter, Mm -hmm. but just never being able to take it to Dooku, holds his own in, in clone wars, uh, but never takes it to him. Right. Um, Yeah. And I think it's because, kenobi can often get in other people's head or you know take a bigger perspective and and reframe the victory conditions and i think dooku gets in his head right Mm -hmm. there's the there's the fact that that the weird manipulation that dooku did uh -hmm. uh, about telling kenobi uh some mysterious truths uh about playing Mm -hmm. the qui-gon card in that interrogation scene of like yeah, uh, you know, Qui Gon was so great. I wish he was here. Mm, can you live up to him? And then yep. even in this fight, they oh, Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. Yoda holds you in such high esteem. <laughs> uh, so I think Duke is really good at getting into Obi Wan's head. And then there's also this fun thing of like, uh, good on on Obi Wan for being humble, but he's so focused on that he doesn't think he can stop Duku alone. And right. for me, this is kind of a fascinating do or do not moment here mm, of. Mm. If you go into a battle going, I can't do it. Um, then you already lost, right? Yeah. He thinks he can't do it alone, uh, and I know this because he says, "I can't take <laughs> Dooku alone <laughs> to Obi wan So you can kind of look at it as humility, yeah. but you can also look at it. There's something about Dooku where he's like, "Yeah, I can't. I can't take him by myself." And and does that does that eat away at his confidence? So you know, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy.
3: I I love looking at the dark side. as that we we the dark side is this big. You know, teeth gnashing form of evil in the galaxy, and, and we all look at Palpatine. But we all we're, we're obsessed with even how Palpatine breaks it down to these kind of levels. And and what what does Yoda say about Dooku at the end? You know, uh, you know, uh, putting mistrust out there in the galaxy mm-hmm. is kind of his, his greatest skill. I love it. I love this idea that Kenobi's like, oh man, what? Still thinking what would Qui Gon do? God, if he was here, would he join up with? No, that's not right. I know that's not right. I Oh God, I need
0: help. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, and maybe maybe he's right. Maybe he just isn't at a at a power level mm-hmm. or a skill level an experience level. Maybe he is. Maybe he is aware. Maybe he has the insight to be like it's I it, he I, I fight Dooku and he's using all the forms my master taught me. And it's like fighting some twisted version of my fallen beloved master yeah. it gets in my head. Maybe he's aware of that. Maybe he's like, Anakin, I need your power. I need us to work together. I'll be tricksy. You be aggressive in between those. We'll get him, you yeah. know, and maybe there's clarity there. Uh, but the way it is in this fight, you know, he does his best, but he just he can't he can't uh duku tricks him.
3: Yep. Got I love Yeah, no, I got I love that. I love that. And gets him again and again, and again. Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: so let's move on to Dooku. Uh, mm. <laughs> what do you think Dooku's victory conditions are? What does he want out of this fight?
3: Everyone to not believe everyone else Right (laughs) just want to (laughs) leave you all Questioning things whereas Maul Is like hey I got to prove myself to my Boss and all that you know I think Duke Has some of that you know he's working underneath City is here but I just think A lot of what's at stake is just his own position himself His his power his uh, you know Christopher Lee describes him as this you know Moral immoral character just concerned With himself so obviously he wants to You know get the plan going But in the back of his head how much you know which is just about himself. So I I, I don't know. I, I start from that that spot with Dooku as he enters this fight thinking Dooku's doing what Dooku does. Fighting for Dooku.
0: Yeah. I, I think there are some deeper things you can talk about. I think particularly once Yoda gets there and he's, you know, talking about um well mm-hmm. I guess he says a Toby one too, about how powerful he's com- become. I think yeah. uh I think maybe there's a little bit of um proving His power to certainly his old master Yoda, but proving his power to himself, right? Uh, If you follow the dark side, one of the things that you want is power, more raw power, so things can be the way you want them to be. And I feel like there's a little bit of like, yeah, I'm proving to myself Mm -hmm. that I have that. But this isn't a fight that he sought out. I think what's what part of what's cool about it is Dooku is sort of the gentleman monster and he's just sort of like, gentleman please i have places to be
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: are you really going to make me do this i mean he's got the practical thing of yeah he's trying to get the war started he's got the death star plans right so he's protecting those he really you know it's yeah. a problem if he, if he loses these fights he can't lose these fights but yeah, he's yeah. not seeking them out he's just he's just really like i was trying to leave and you're 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 stepping on the bottom of my coat
3: <laughs> well yeah yeah so i gotta
0: yeah. turn around and take it to you because because yeah. you're bothering me
3: kids even the choice he presents to Yoda, it, it, it's like he he knew he knows he knows Yoda's going to make that choice. So it's like that's where he does it, so he can just get on with his day,
0: <laughs> right? He's got he's got some more stuff to do. Yep. Yeah,
3: yeah. I know you're going to save these fools. I need to go to the next part of our plan. Kid, see you later.
0: Yep, yep. And then for me, I think Yoda. It it really is. I it, obviously stopping Duku means stopping the war, as Obi Wan has the wisdom to see. um, but I think there's also just an element of seeing the truth for himself. You know, I go back mm. to this was the mystery, this was the the mission. Who is really trying to kill Padme and why? Padme yeah. throws out this ludicrous idea that it could be Count Dooku. You know, um, even when Obi Wan reports, you know, both Yoda and Mace are like, eh, "Careful, let's not jump to conclusions." And I, I think there's an element of Yoda just really looking the truth in the face for himself, it, mm. seeing his old Padawan has fallen to the dark side.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. By the way, I'd still want that super cut of every idea and uh, pad my heads that everyone's like, Nope, Nope, <laughs> Nope, 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 Nope. nope. Uh, oh man. Uh, big lessons there for, for us all. Uh, yeah. I also like, I love your stuff you're saying here about Yoda. And, and, and I was going to say a little bit of what's at stake is a little bit of the truth, real little bit of what's actually going on. and And that kind of made me think of Yoda fighting for the future of the order as he fights its past. And, and fights mm. what we got there how we're how we got here. Uh and Dooku representing so much of that and this this chain of uh custody so to speak the trading Yoda <laughs> to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Anakin like that's all there and and it's all um Yoda's having this big realization. This is the movie, right? He goes from being a little uh stringent, I think, in Phantom Menace. And this is even something that was talked about in that filoni speech of you know, Qui-Gon was ahead of the gang. Um, and now Yoda's here and seeing it, and it's uh, fully um Explosed. Again, if it's not, it's, it, it's, it's a fallen Jedi turned Sith. Like that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And, and this is about the future of the order.
0: Yeah. How did we lose him? Why is the dark side clouding everything? What is going on with this boy? Who's allegedly the chosen one, but a lot of Jedi are getting headstrong and cocky and pompous and self involved. Yeah. you combine that with like, yeah, seeing that Yoda is really trying to put, Uh, warm feelings into the galaxy, right? Uh, He Mm -hmm. says it literally to, (laughs) to Padme about how happy he is to see her and that she's okay. The, you know, fun, kind moments with the younglings and really seeing that from Yoda in this movie is a contrast to like, yeah, the dark side's coming. Yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Great Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, uh, Very, very insightful. Uh, let's talk about the environment. How does this dark hangar help yeah. uh, tell the story or help the thrill factor of this lightsaber fight?
3: Well, you, you mentioned like uh, the the, this, this, the darkness, and I, it's it's kind of a thrill moment, but I think it's definitely the environment. But the, the lights going out uh, when mm. when Anakin cuts the cords there. Uh, it's a big ah moment. I remember that in in the theater too, there was the uh, some reaction to that. I kind of remember some people, maybe some Minnesotans out here in l a uh, finally getting a chance to to go ooh and the lights <laughs> go on um so it's really good. it was great visual but but you're talking about the sh- the shroud of the dark side's fallen, and this fight's gonna happen in the darkness uh with the lights literally going out. I think that's a great use of the environment to tell the story of what's going on here. And then there's a little bit of a thrill factor for me. You know, this is the Battle of Geonosis, which happens mostly in the Petronaki arena, at least kind of begins there before uh, spilling on out. And this fight itself, even though it's far away from that, is a contained arena uh, where you you got Mm. the Phantom Menace. And I think that's sometimes why this fight does feel a little lower for me on, on, on the list, because you got Empire, you got Jedi, you got this. And this is like it's in a garage and they don't leave it you know and but it, it's kind of what's again adds to adds to the story and, and the thrill it, it we talked a lot about kenobi being trapped in the death star uh, luke being trapped you know has he his fight an empire has him going layer by layer by layer down into the darkness um and this one is just it's it's the, these jedi are, are are trapped in this uh situation with the sith uh and it's this contained arena
0: yeah no i think it is fascinating to me because it isn't as epic of a location mm-hmm. it it yeah. works really well for me thematically uh but it does feel like you know a step down from bespin from the throne room from the theed power generator just in sort of the the location being sort of epic uh yeah. i love that you say it's a garage it's a cool garage <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a rocky garage uh, but I do like it thematically from the fact that it is. It's, you know, dark and secluded and uh, mysterious. Um, I like the idea that it is a place of transition, right? We mm-hmm. can kind of jokingly say garage because it is an epic enscape, Uh, But then in terms of the thematic, this idea that we're trying to contain the darkness. And this is, you know, a hangar. This is a literal launching off point And we need to keep it here. We need mm-hmm. to stop it here before it explodes out into the galaxy, you know uh i think that works for me on a thematic level. uh i love uh, that you mentioned it, the already kind of uh, dark and moody uh hangar cave mm. getting more dark and moody uh and that it's anakin
3: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> looking for an advantage uh create mm-hmm. some more darkness you know. Uh, yep and, and it doesn't work out for
3: him. he doesn't get what he wants. <laughs> mm. hey, it's like an ongoing theme with this guy.
0: Yeah, it really is. Yeah. But yeah. overall, it is it is not as thrilling of a space as some of the other big lightsaber fights for me. Uh, but yeah. hey, lots of machinery to throw. So two thumbs up on that.
3: There you go. There you go. Yeah. it's, it's some cool droids watching. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> it, it, forward, like
0: just, it was just like, okay, time to get on the ship.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this fight?
3: Um, first of all, it's hard not to be hyper aware that Christopher Lee wasn't actually an evil wizard with lightsaber skills. Right. Um, but uh, you know, if this had movie had been made, I don't know, even 15, 20 years prior, he might've been, uh, you know, front and center of the fight. Uh, he was so wonderfully uh, skilled in so many ways. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so it's hard not to see that. Right. And I think they did as best they could, but I just, for me, the, the fight lacks some of the, um, I don't know, a little bit of intimacy because you know, it's not even just about like CGI Yoda, but like, um, the tight some of the tight shots that hey here's christopher lee standing here and some of it is the face put over the stunt guy and everything i i wouldn't trade anything for the thrill of yoda walking into the fight i would I, there's nothing uh i would change uh it is what it is uh and i'm happy honored to have christopher lee in star wars quite frankly and then mm-hmm. some just the sit the set the garage we're talking about it's so funny when we talk about some of the complaints of the volume here in 2022 or, I don't know, it seems, uh, I like it, but it seems contained, right? Like uh, you had this big fight with 25 stormtroopers in one front door, right? And and, and mm-hmm. whereas Phantom Menace is a little bit more spread out. And, and this was the film where George was really like, nah, digital is the way and we're going to make these sets here. And, and I, you, you kind of feel that for better or worse. And I think it's George moving so much forward with filmmaking. So again, I won't trade any of it for anything but it, it it just I see that on the screen more than the other spots. Yeah, no, I
0: mean this is in some ways the uh the fight that stretches the most from yeah, it feels a little small. But then I I often wonder is like is it a little bit small because the challenge, the massive leap in technology of Yoda fighting was such a huge accomplishment? Yep. Um yep. yeah, and I think I think that's it for me is, you know, the um the thing I talk about uh, so much for Phantom Menace of really enjoying those moments where the camera is back and you can just see what the performers are doing you can see uh, the motivations and techniques of the fighters there's not as much of that here this story is mostly told in close-ups and it makes it a little less thrilling of a lightsaber fight Uh, but the actual close-ups are amazing because it's MF and Christopher Lee, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and when it's really Christopher Lee and he's really, you know, whipping out that awesome hilt and igniting that red blade, it's kind of kind of nothing better. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, some of the other shots where it's Kyle Rowling. I Almost every time I watch this, I go Kyle Rowling. Yeah. Uh, the name of his, uh, his stunt double. Uh, so I think about that, that reality of it. Um, but then at the end, I also do just think of like all the behind the scenes things I've watched and just the utter leap forward in technology of Yoda, the the real life Star Wars poetry mm-hmm. of Lucas saying, you know, for Empire Strikes Back, if, if we can't get people to emotionally bond with this uh, uh, Muppet puppet, mm-hmm. the, that's it. The movie's done. Star Wars is done. <laughs> yeah. And then kind of going like, okay, I want him to move around. I want him to be able to fight. I, we need to take this other leap forward, and people need to be able uh, to believe it for for this film to work i'm so fascinated by that and think about that
3: yeah and, and i think that absolutely factors into let's just set it here might be the somewhat of the answer but again i, I don't know all the story on that to i'll read my star wars archives book by paul duncan to find out more
0: yeah i'm gonna guess that you know lower lights do are always you know uh, yeah. a, a benefit to to cgi uh yep. for sure yep um yeah so there's that and then there's always the the um the different opinions about did it work um i remember i can't remember when that lucas quote came out if it was in an interview or whatever but i remember a lot of fan, friends knowing that quote of like after the movie had been out for like a month or whatever saying something along the lines of you know we needed we didn't know if people were going to be able to believe yoda fighting with a lightsaber and we needed to make it happen and having a couple friends going like it didn't yeah <laughs> and i got very defensive and was like yeah it did it look it looked cool as hell the entire theater cheered and other people going like my entire theater laughed And like okay cool um yeah so mm. uh, you know it, it's definitely something uh that is uh, a certain point of view certain uh experiences whether or not it worked it worked for
3: me <laughs> yeah it worked for me it was interesting too at this time i was living with uh th- three guys actually who were cal arts grads and and i've told some of the stories with knowing them before and I think one of their pals worked on this sequence Mm. and just, there was uh, even though I I wouldn't describe, I think they were at that Chili's Northridge occasionally having some problems with these films, but I think this is one sequence where they, they got the accomplishment. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that was my personal experience on it.
0: Yeah. I think it also just, every time I rewatch attack the clones, it's also just this reminder to me of like, in some ways it's my favorite film to watch because it is just so unapologetically, a weird space fantasy pulp and I just like sometimes I'm like I'm I'm deep into Attack of the Clones thinking about all the ideas all the aesthetics mm-hmm. and I take that step back and, and I remember to think about it from somebody who's just like oh yeah I saw a couple of Star Wars and watching any scene in Attack of the Clones and going what the hell is this <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. the reason that I love it it's so deep it's so unapologetic unapologetically star wars weird space fantasy and i'm like yeah of course i want to see a a little green muppet (laughs) fight uh, hop around scream and and fight with a laser sword against you know count dracula in space of course i want that that's awesome as hell and then just kind of realizing other people like i can only invest in star wars if it's not too weird and i've got a real deep and emotional connection and i think that is the tension of attack of the clones is it's if you want to see space Dracula fight against a, a green screaming Muppet with laser swords, then this is an <laughs> utter triumph. If you're even a little mm. bit, not sure about the whole space fantasy, you're like, what am I watching and why?
3: Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, it's a bigger discussion about Attack of the clones, obviously, but uh, that's why maybe tech clones isn't the first movie I show anyone. If I'm trying to get them to love star Wars for all the reasons you're talking about, but that doesn't, yeah, yeah it doesn't, it might work. Cause I tell you, even, even, even back in O two, uh, yeah, I, I I was never cynical about the Yoda stuff, it, including like the screaming's hilarious. I love that. It's, um, but th- like, this is how it would work. This is like I I did wonder how would we how would he fight, and he would have a smaller lightsaber, and he would have to have a different style. So it all kind of worked for me. But yeah, it is it is wonderfully bonkers. It, it's all about protecting your ankles
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you fight Yoda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh all right let's move on then to favorite moments of thrill and emotion i think yoda screaming throughout their entire fight it's (laughs) definitely up there for me and i want all of the unedited files of frank oz trying different uh levels of screaming uh yeah yeah, even though this is uh probably not my favorite lightsaber fight overall the stuff that i love are all the little beats all the little character moments so Mm. uh, my list got surprisingly long i'll try Mm. to keep it short but i'm very curious to see uh see what your list is and See how many of mine you knock off.
3: Sure, sure. Well, I mean, we do have to start with, we talked about enough, but The Shadow of Yoda, just everything about it, it's like, that's that's Yoda's music, here he comes, which, you know, uh, would have been great if they had a rock and roll version of Yoda's theme at this point. Um so it's just, it's just everything to me. I just love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite Star Wars moments. It's so great. But beyond that, uh, we can discuss it as much as we want, of course, but a uh, Dooku lightning blasting Anakin to start out the fight when Anakin's like, yeah, I got him. And Dooku's just like, get away, kid. You bother me. Just blast him with that lightning. I love that. I love that there start
0: yeah there's out. that sense of the 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 old and the new like uh obviously in the prequels you know lucas mm. had a lot of things like well this is the language and the logic of, that i've built up of star wars and the powers uh but i also want to see him new like so mm-hmm. he's i love that it is yeah it's the sith lightning we know about that but the, the sith lightning also it now has a uh a function of pick you up and throw you into the wall
3: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah really love that oh, uh really man. love that I uh, love that you highlight Yoda's entrance. It, for me, like I said, like the moment of the fight is, you know, the music amping up even more and Yoda summoning uh, and igniting his blade. I yeah. just, it's, it will, it will never not be one of my favorite moments.
3: Well, it's just uh, the camera. Yeah. That. Yeah. The camera kind of, you know, panning around him, everything. Uh, it's great. It's great. Put together so well.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So uh, what are some other moments for you?
3: Um, Looking down here. Yeah. Not as It's funny. Not as much. I didn't put down as much, but, uh, um, I, the lights going out actually, again, I'll mention it only because it was, it just was really kind of, uh, that, that Star Wars kind of cool of by this point, you've got, you know, this is the, the fifth film I had seen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, this is truly something that looked different, uh, you know, when when the lights go out and kind of the 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 cu- the blades lighten their faces up. But I, I just really like that look. So it was it was a fun kind of thrill uh, beyond just the the thematic reasons behind it.
0: Yeah, and it and it was new. The yeah. really being illuminated by the color of the blades and and you know harshly by the darkness. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's definitely one of mine. Those close-ups of Anakin and Dooku, and I've come to really love them. I, I remember the first time being annoyed because I was. The very first time I saw it, because like I was here for like I hope it's more of that great Phantom Menace fighting with the camera pulled way back, and, like yeah. total opposite. Uh, but now that I've just accepted that, I really like the look of those close-ups of Anakin and Dooku.
3: Well, so, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned because I do uh, enjoy them, but um, that's one of the big differences in going to what I was talking about earlier. Of just you know, you know, you're aware of the situation and 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 with Christopher Lee, and you know, not like he was in a wheelchair god bless him he was just in his 80s he wasn't gonna be sword fighting uh so they put mm-hmm. him in when they could or used his face when they could and that was the way they did it so that's why i wouldn't necessarily trade it for anything but yeah it was it was very different from what we had just experienced with phantom menace that's why i think why it stands out but i, I do like them too uh, and they shot them well um one of the other beats for me is um anakin the the double wielding the lightsabers when, when obi-wan mm. throws him one one that got a that got a good uh ooh from the theater the first time i saw it
0: yeah, and it's fun, different kind of movement, the kind of big arcing, spinning uh movement that he does yeah. with both of oh, them. Yeah, you know? yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah, which is uh the way that uh Anakin really uh fights Dooku and it, it tracks through to Revenge of the Sith. Um gotta have a Kenobi moment. Uh I really do like the stopping the Sith lightning, because that was new. Like uh it obviously opened up lots of conversations of why didn't <laughs> why didn't mm. uh Ghost Obi Wan say, Yeah, Leia's your sister. Also, here's how to handle Sith Lightning. Uh <laughs> Uh, don't, don't feel like going into that one today, but I love the uh, him being able to stop it. And the I don't think so. It's mm. Great, great yeah. Kenobi line uh, up there with Sith lords are a speciality. Kenobi always has great cocky lines uh, before being defeated by Dooku. <laughs> Indeed, uh, Dooku's first ignition. Right, this is one of the the the. Mm close-ups of christopher lee where you you get your 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 money's worth out of that man's life experience yeah that hilt being different and cool and so having that different style that just sort of like absolute uh slap down and then Mm -hmm. the the red blade exploding out of that that great hilt i absolutely love that yeah um I also love the look on Dooku's face when he and Obi-Wan are kind of like testing, which way am I going to go? Which way am I going to go? And and Dooku tricks him. And he's got that, like, (laughs) that moment where you see like this almost evil glee. uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's an over the top face, but it's Mm. great.
3: It's true. Yeah. No, it's truly a a, a, a horror film veteran knowing how to get the most out of your face. Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely it's Dracula before he bites.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, a, a moment I've always appreciated is uh Dooku is so cocky and he takes out Obi-Wan and Anakin pretty quickly and pretty easily. But after he puts down Anakin, there's that sigh and there's that little bit of like, yeah, but he's up there. And even though he was being real cocky about what he said, they put him through his paces.
3: Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. Even, even when Yoda shows up, it's just kind of like, I, I, I sense some fear Dooku for a lot of reasons, including I'm tired. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's
0: like, oh, man, here Mm we go. Here Mm -hmm. we go. Uh, So, yeah, going into a couple of the beats with uh, Yoda and Dooku, uh, Yoda absorbing the Sith lightning and having the much to learn you still have. That's Mm -hmm. just a cool action move. And I I feel like good tip of the iceberg storytelling of like, it seems like that's not Yoda's first time. um, Yeah. Which is really interesting, given the whole history of the Sith and and all that stuff. So uh, always been fascinated by that. Uh, In terms of storytelling, fought well, you have my old Padawan um for films the the prequel trilogy that can be criticized for being a a little clunky in their dialogue a little blatant in their exposition um i remember just being thrilled by the elegance of that line right we yeah we already learned that uh oh wow uh qui-gon was dooku's padawan Mm. and we saw how that affected obi-wan and now we find out this chain and you know it's not like You know, some of the dialogue is in other places in prequels where it's, you know, worked in the edge, where where somehow Yoda finds a way to tell that to the clones before he gets there. Right. It's Mm, mm. it's in the moment. It's emotional. It's a reveal to the audience. Uh, It it has obvious emotional impact on Yoda uh, that you can think about. And I just love the way it's just delivered in the moment in this interaction between these two
3: characters. And I got to tell you, I think I sometimes forget that that was the reveal that was the moment right it's yeah. just so it's just so you know yeah that's the, the common knowledge that's what it is but yeah i forget that was part of this fight mm. yep absolutely
0: um and final two for me uh i just have to throw it out there because i think about this line all the time of this is just the beginning i mm. i think that this, that to myself sometimes when i eat an appetizer at a restaurant i just <laughs> <laughs> i love that line uh and final one for me uh th- there's this great matching you know, size, right. Uh, Dooku size after taking out, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And then after the fight is over, when Yoda summons his cane back and has that, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yep. I can still do it, but I'm going to be paying
3: for it for days. Yeah. Gosh, I went on a hike last week. I'm still paying for it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 th- and I think that that moment got some laughs for me and, and those in the theater and I'm trying, it was, it seemed like a good, hearty, well-earned laugh.
0: Oh, yeah. I feel like it's meant to get a laugh. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, boy. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. Love it.
3: Uh, any other moments for you? Uh, no, no. I, I mean, there's a lot of individual moments in 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 there, but um, it's sort of the energy. Um, it is, it's um, for our heroes, it's a pretty dark fight, right? Yeah. Uh, not everything goes well. No,
0: no, it is a lot of loss. Uh, they, they all lose at their uh, various objectives.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs> Yoda and Obi-Wan don't stop the war. Um, Anakin doesn't get any vengeance.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, his anger uh, and aggression uh, loses him his, his first limb. Yeah, there's a lot of loss going on. Yeah, um, This has come up before, but I wanted to discuss it in the context of, of really examining these fights did Yoda make the right decision at the end of this fight? Dooku is obviously playing him of like, I know if I put them in danger, you will choose to save them rather than pursuing me. Do you think Yoda made the right choice?
3: I I think absolutely he did. It's not fight like a Jedi. It's defend like a Jedi. And and, and they were uh, in front of him. Now, could you get into the discussions of bigger picture, smaller picture and, all that stuff, but there's no guarantee that even to, I, I, to me, like, even with Kenobi and that being his big purpose of the fight and the war, I don't know. I don't know. You, you really think Palpatine's done at that point, you know? Ah, Dooku's done. Well, that was that plan's down the crapper now. You know, like, I, I can't <laughs> buy into that. Like, I there's, and, and so that's why I think, um, um Yoda did make the, the Jedi like decision, and I stand by that one.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think we, we've had it uh, framed in, in really great ways from listeners to think about it from the perspective of, is this attachment? Is this mm-hmm. Yoda not being willing to sacrifice Jedi who are committed to sacrifice themselves yeah. uh, for the bigger picture? And I think, yeah, it's a total, totally reasonable way to look at it But the or, or question it. But I think the thing that I'm really coming back to is that Jedi want to defend life uh, and yep they're willing to sacrifice it in battle their own or even other uh, compatriots who are willing to sacrifice their life in the bigger picture. Uh, but there's like there's this philosophy of scales of defense right mm-hmm. um, The Jedi can sometimes get in trouble when they kind of get overly conceptual about what we're defending yeah but when a life is right in front of you and it is your choice in the moment, it's not trying to correct a, a problem that's already happened, it's not trying to get ahead of the future and stop a bad thing from happening. It's yes or no, a life is going to die or not based yeah. on your choice and you have the power to stop it. That is the epitome of defense, right? Um, I think, I, I've been thinking about this uh, this moment about a lot because of that great sparring match with Obi-Wan and Anakin in the Kenobi series where Obi-Wan says a, a Jedi's goal is to defend life not take it and that is in this sunny time right before the war Mm. right before things maybe got a little bit morally gray um and he has that that clarity yeah and i think this is the beginning of the war and yoda has that clarity of like yeah no of that that dooku's playing me he knows i'll save them of course i'm gonna Mm. save them their lives right in front of me um i'm gonna save them uh but then i think there's this great connection to yoda's arc at the end of season six of the clone wars uh, where he's having that that vision uh, that Sidious is thrusting upon him, and Sidious tries to get him in the vision to choose between saving Anakin or trying to kill Sidious. Yeah. And Yoda, after all of the moral ambiguity uh, in Darkness the Clone Wars, reconnects to his, his path, his belief, by going, of course I'm going to sh- choose to save what I love, love rather than fight what I hate. Mm-hmm. of course i am this is what's returning me back to my core this is what's centering me and then Sidious says we failed to break him yeah that moment in clone wars is directly talking to this moment in attack of the clones
3: for me i would agree with that there and and, and it's easy to there's there could be some fun um but maybe dangerous what about isms <laughs> you know what about padme moments earlier falling off and it's like uh, you know she's not immediate uh a, danger right there she's not in a great spot but you know what i mean like that that's some of the lessons here versus anakin's reactions to padme falling off the, the lad versus uh yoda here in this moment so yeah it, it ties to the big philosophy and at least the attempt to do it the right way
0: yeah absolutely i think it's worthy of discussion and you know i, yeah. I rewatched that that moment today and i was really thinking about it from the perspective of it happened she fell out it, mm. it's not that she was either if she was going to be pushed and obi-wan knew he could stop it that might be a different decision, or, but it's already yeah. happened.
3: She fell out. Look, even if you he, know, yeah, the, yeah, I agree with that. Or even the, you know, Dooku takes his little speeder bike and heads back towards her. Of course, you're going to go there. It's a different scenario, different situation. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it, I, I think that is so. There's so much in Jedi philosophy, I think, about being in the moment, not about trying to fix something that already happened mm-hmm. or 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 become wrapped up in fear about what is going to happen. But what is happening right now. In what power do I have to impact it, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, excellent. So we are going to wrap up with our lightsaber rating. Out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, how many lightsabers do you personally give a Dooku's <laughs> gauntlet?
3: Dooku's gauntlet challenge, a gauntlet match, three matches in one. I am going to rank this a 7 out of 10, which Ooh. is a good ranking. It's a good ranking, good ranking. But uh, we've listed a lot of the reasons it might drop down a few for me. Um, but, uh, love what's there and love these characters. So we'll celebrate it.
0: Yep, absolutely. I am in the exact same place. Uh, seven out of 10. Yeah. Uh, there's a ton I like about this fight, including just the beautiful Yoda memories. Uh, there is a little ding for me for, uh, the location for the brevity. Uh, and also Anakin's limb loss is a, is a little, a little clunky in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 cool, but it, I think it could have been shot in even more cool way to to have some a uh, little bit more storytelling uh, yeah. pop with uh, Anakin's, mm, you know, yeah. aggression or or, you know, inexperience, leaving him open to that. Uh, so seven out of 10. Uh, it's harsh, ten. right? <laughs> yeah, it's so
3: tough for us to go that negative seven out of 10. Oh. Yeah.
0: Any final thoughts on these uh, on these fights for now?
3: Uh, look, I love having this discussion. Twenty years after, I thought I formed certain opinion, opinions about these movies, uh, but I always say when I say go with your gut and go how you felt in that moment. Seeing these in the theater in '99 and 2002, I had the thrill. Um, it was uh, just about allowing yourself, uh, allowing my, myself to connect to that thrill that was there from the start. And it's definitely there, and I love these fights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I kind of love looking at them back-to-back. This has been so much fun because they are two very different fights, uh, but both amazing in their own way and setting up for... All of the fights in Revenge of the Sith that I'm looking forward to discussing. Yeah. So that is the magic of lightsaber fights. For now, Ken, where can people find us?
3: Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod, or on Instagram and YouTube as well. Hey, do us a favor, go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe. We we put a lot of our our episodes up there. It's kind of rebroadcast, but we have. Uh, uh, a short form comp, uh, essay up there. Uh, lessons from Little Leia, More on the way. We do live shows. We got one coming away, uh, coming our way, end of July. So head on over there and have some fun with us there. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you're on those so- uh, sites uh, and spots, and you want to rate and review us, we'd love that. If you uh, so. Uh, if you're so inclined. Merch available at tpublic.com user slash force center and patreon.com slash center is where you can support us directly. From there, get into our Discord server. Uh, you can find me at CadNapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com for more information on things I'm doing, like comedy show July 21st. Mark Ellis and friends of the American Comedy Company in San Diego to help kick off Comic-Con if you're going to be down there. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah,
0: you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sharing some more comedy bits with my action figures, so if you're interested in that, uh, check it out on social media. You can also go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my other comedy adventures. I have not updated my website yet, uh, but I believe I can now say I will be doing a stand-up show back in Minneapolis Uh, at the wonderful convention, Convergence. So if you're headed to Convergence, uh, check that out. I am looking forward to getting back on stage in saying some comedy words it will be really really fun so i hope uh people can make it uh you can go to convergence-con.org to check out the schedule and i will get that up on my website and do all the social media as well but you heard it here first for center listeners thank you so much uh for now that is it for myself for ken uh for yoda's combat screams this has been for
2: the Hold up.